from Sector 001 in the Alpha Quadrant, this is the Omega Director, a Star Trek podcast. Okay, welcome to the Omega Directive, a Star Trek podcast. I'm again your host, Steve Atwell, and joining me this evening is a legacy of Star Trek, I suppose is the best way to put it. His fa- his mother was an actress, or is Yeah, actress, she just did a commercial, actually. She's still working? Is she yeah, still 91. With us? Yeah, she just did a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah, 91. Wow. Uh, Barbara Rush, who appeared in numerous films and television series and commercials, including uh, sci-fi classic War When Worlds Collide, that came limits. from outer space, and yeah. rather a few others. Outer Limits. Outer Limits. Oh, yeah. And very uh, cult classic western called Ombre, one of my favorites. While his father was the first actor cast to play the captain of the Starship Enterprise, Jeffrey Hunter who also appeared in a number of science fiction projects, and uh, not to mention one of the best Westerns of all times, as well, The Searchers, number 12 on the American Film Institute's list of the 100 greatest movies of all time. I think it's uh, the best, number one is is the best Western. At AFI, I know it is. So for uh, the interview tonight, the one, the only, Chris Hunter, son of Jeffrey Hunter. Hi. Hi, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Sure. Okay, so let's just start with the basics, as I usually always do. You, you're, Both of your parents are actors, so you come from Southern California, right? Right, yeah. And uh, what kind of kid were you like as a child? What kind of hobbies, interests, etc.? And were you, in fact, a nerd? Yeah, well, I was always into sci-fi, you know, and build models. I still build models. And uh, I was kind of, I was a wild kid in high school, basically. But uh, I've always been a nerd. Uh, I'll tell you, when uh, when I was 12, uh, I was sitting in a car with Dad in October 1964, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, Dad, what you working on? And he said, well, Christopher, I'm doing a show. It's a science fiction show, and I'm going to play the captain of a starship. And I went, really? <laughs> and my, my ears, you know, my antenna picked up. And I went, wow, Dad, tell me. And he goes, yeah. Chris, it's going to be like Wagon Train, and, and Wagon Train was a big, huge, popular Western at the time. And he said, uh, it's going to be a Wagon Train to the stars. And I said, really? And you're going to go to planets, and you're you know, going to fly around? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we are. And uh, I was so excited. And on that day, I became a trucker in October 64. Mm. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Which brings up the question, did um, you go to visit any of the sets that either of your parents were working on? No. Oh, no. Well, yeah, you mean that my parents worked on? Well, you know, I mean, either or. Yeah. Well, Ombre, I was there when they shot Ombre down in Arizona. But uh, I didn't go to the Desilu set when Dad did uh, uh, Star Trek. But I just, you know, he I wasn't living with him at the time. I was visiting him on the weekends because my mom and dad were divorced but uh i would talk to him about it all the time and i was i was really really excited about it well that's cool yeah yeah i mentioned to uh one of my friends from work that i would be chatting with you this evening and she said who and i said 
He's the son of actor Jeffrey Hunter. And she swooned and said, uh, ooh, she said, sexy Jesus. Yeah, good-looking Jesus. Yeah, I know. They yeah, they made that in Spain. And uh, I'll tell you, you want to know a story about that, that movie? Please. All right. When they were filming The Servant on the Mount, right, mm-hmm. they just did it in the Spanish countryside. And they got all these extras there by, you know, they, they put a flyer out that they were serving lunch. So they got about two or 3,000 Spanish villagers. Uh-huh. And, you know, Spain's a pretty Catholic country, right? But they didn't tell them while they were, why they were going to be there. So mm-hmm. when they shot the Serpent of the Mount, the, the, you know, the hill, the mount, was back kind of backlit by the sun, right? right. So here are all these villagers sitting there, and all of a sudden, here comes Dad over the hill, right, as Jesus. <laughs> and these women in front, these villagers, freaked out. They They literally dropped their sandwiches or whatever and started crying and they came up to him and kissed his robes and started sobbing <laughs> and they had to yell cut the ad had to yell cut and the poor guy had to explain to them that it really you know wasn't jesus you know right. and I, I, I always thought it'd be like pretty awful to be that guy <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah yeah he couldn't get arrested in spain but yeah um i i went to uh a lot of times I would go to the set. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go to the searcher set. I was too young because that, that's God. I was only three or something when they shot that thing. One of the things about the searcher itself, I'll tell you that I had a long talk. I had a talk with Spielberg about this. It was a mm-hmm. huge, huge influence on star Wars. Oh yeah. You know, there's three movies. There's that, uh, Kurosawa movie, uh, the book, Rogers serials and the searchers, uh, were the three major influences on star Wars. Especially those vistas. And also, Spielberg was talking about the search, you know, that John Wayne and Dad go through for Natalie Wood. The obsessive search had a lot to do with, uh, you know, them searching for Princess Leia and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It also inspired, because John Wayne throughout the film keeps saying, that'll be the day. Uh, Big hit for Buddy Holly. Right. That's where he got it. That's where he got the, the name of the song, watching the movie. Right. So, growing up, the child of uh, actors... Did you have any aspirations for getting into acting yourself? Um, early on, when I was about 17, I thought about it. But it's it's pretty it's a pretty rough business. You know, for I would say a good, what is it, 95% of Screen Actors Guild is out of work, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's very rough. Uh, I kind of, I wanted to get into music and I became a recording engineer. And I was really into rock. I was really into Led Zeppelin at the time. And I, you know, I was in bands. I played drums in bands and stuff like that. So I was more into rock and roll. But um, plus, it's kind of hard to be Jeff Hunter, you know, I mean, or look like that. You know, no, not too many people look like my mom and dad. And uh, I, I, I kind of knew my own limitations. You know what I mean? And plus, I had hair. Like, I wanted to be Robert Plant, you know. Was a, yeah. And so my hair was down to my waist and all that kind of stuff. So, you know. Right. Like, the best you could do is Jesus Christ Superstar at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Star Trek. You say you've been a Trekkie since the beginning and before anybody else knew about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, about three months before anybody else really knew. The only people, I don't think they even had finished the script when I became a Trekkie, you know. It was three right. months before because they shot it in December and of 64. And then I think it went over to January 65. You know, the cage did. Yeah. 
Also, did you go to um, did you grow up going to conventions and stuff? Or? Uh, you know what? Tomorrow, uh, CBS invited me down to uh, Comic Con, mm-hmm. so I'll be there because they said some nice things about Anson Mount because of uh, you know he's going to be playing Pike. They've they've got Pike now, like you know Dad's role, Captain Christopher Pike in um, Discovery, Star mm-hmm. Trek Discovery, and I on another blog, uh, another interview I had, uh, I I checked out Anson Mount because he's an actor who is in Hell on Wheels mm-hmm. and uh, he's I think he's going to be great I, I was watching Hell on Wheels uh, last night and he's going to be good so I said some good things about him so I'm going to be there while they do the panel and they're going to have the crew there they're going to have the cast and crew uh, from Discovery down at Comic Con okay maybe I should get back with you and see if you can give us any scoops or oh sure um, exclusives afterwards sure yeah I, I think it's a good idea they had pike because it kind of ties it into you know the the old trekkers uh you know who who uh really are loyal to the old series you know what i'm saying and <laughs> uh uh you know they look at discovery and they go what's discovery you know um uh i think uh it's the last episode of the last season uh they had pike come in they're flying in on on the ship and uh it was really a lot of people got very misty-eyed about it and uh, so i think that's going to be great i think it's going to be great that he's going to be in the show and i guess that means spock is going to be in the show which is important yeah well i know that you have embraced uh again star trek and the character have you read any of the books or comics that continue the adventures of Pike and crew? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to read uh, the Discovery novel that's got Pike in it, you know. Uh, also, I was a big fan of Star Trek Continues. I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The show, I was a huge fan of that. And unfortunately, I guess due to, uh, you know, the whole Axanar thing and everything they can't continue these fan films i think you can do a fan film now for what 15 minutes or something like that i think that's the limitations and uh, also one of the things i want to put a plug in one of the things i'm going to do in in august is go to uh uh trek condoroga that's james Colley's star trek tours Mm -hmm. uh now i don't know if you've ever been there but i think every trekker should go to this place this is an exact recreation of the Enterprise, down to the millimeter. I mean, the guy who did it, James Colley, he's an Elvis impersonator. He put so much love into this thing. And I was there uh, last year, and I got to tell you, it's like being on the Enterprise itself. It really is. It's amazing. And uh, he's going to have a convention there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've invited him on this program. haven't got much of a response yet. but Who, James? Yeah. Yeah. He's but a great, great guy. He really is. I would like to interview him for the show and, and help plug. Because I know he has... Okay, there are three... There were three different studios built in recent years for Star Trek fan films that recreated, um, to a degree, two different degrees, the Starship Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And he has the one in Ticonderoga. There's one in Georgia where they filmed Star Trek Continues. Mm-hmm. And there's the one that's now in Arkansas, where Vance, my friend Vance Major, works and does Star Trek fan films. Yeah, I know Vance very well. He's a great person, and I actually was in one of his movies for about five seconds. Yeah, yeah. It was great though. It was. I had really a fun. I did it on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. I was a I was a doomed colonist on my iPhone, and I did it from my room. It was great. Yeah. 
I've I've been in a couple of his productions. Yeah, and he's great, man. I can't remember one of them. It may or may not be the same one that you were in. Vance says he can't remember either. But yeah, so I'm I'm guessing that if you're asked, you would do more fan film stuff like. Oh, that. sure, of course. Uh, always up for a fan film. I think fan films are extremely important. I mean, that's why I think Discovery is important because it's an ongoing series. It's the mm-hmm. only official series right now that's going on that's actual Star Trek. And I don't care what anybody says. It is Star Trek. And, and uh, you know, we've got to keep – I think Star Trek is a living thing. And uh, it always has to be – you know, the more it's done, the more you have fan films, the more – you know, something like Discovery comes on, the more I'm enthused about it. Right, right. And I wanted to ask about, well, you mentioned um, chatting with Spielberg. Do you have any, uh, and you mentioned story, uh, the story from the set of The Greatest Story Ever Told? No, it's called King of Kings. King of Kings. I get them confused. That's okay. It's it's called King of Kings. Dad, Dad played Jesus in King of Kings, yeah. Right. Max von Sydow was the other one, I think. Yeah, right. And then Robert Powell did one. There's a whole Jesus thing, you know, stigma, too, that if you do play Jesus, you go blind. I mean, I think Robert Powell went blind or something or just horrible stuff happens to these actors. Yeah. You know, uh, do you have any other anecdotes of any other uh, being on the sets or anything that you could share? No, I met Leonard Nimoy and he was really, really nice to me. Uh, I met Bill, too, and, and he's OK. But I, I met Leonard when I was a kid and he was just great. He's a wonderful yeah. man. I'm trying to think what else to ask because those were my questions. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, it's I, I really uh, – I, I belong to a lot of Star Trek groups, and I'm really appreciative of the fact that people, you know, love the cage, and they love my dad, and, and you know, he's recognized as the first captain, and, uh, you know, that CBS has brought him back. And, and I also want to say that I love Bruce Greenwood's performance too, um, you know, in the J.J. Uh, Abrams reboots you know he was great as pike he really was and uh uh i don't know if you got enough credit for that but uh uh i really i I like all star trek i like anything that people put their you know star trek name to it i like the jj universe you know the kelvin timeline and all that kind of stuff and uh uh anything to do with it i i just think it's great yeah i agree i agree and some fan films uh, I'm not as enthusiastic about as others, but I appreciate the effort, and I appreciate the fact that people are making, you know, can, keeping the dream alive. Exactly. Exactly. Me too. And, and that's what, like guys like Vance Major Owen, I really got to hand it to him because he kind of, you know, he does as many as he can, and, he, you know, you got these budgets that you have to contend with, and uh, it's it's just keeping Star Trek alive, right? Yeah. So you mentioned that you had been on the set of Hombre. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you probably don't have any, or do you have any interesting anecdotes? No, I was a kid. I was a kid. I mean, I grew up with, you know, I, I knew Paul Newman. I knew his son, Scott, God bless him, who died. I was good. I was friends with him. And I so I grew up in the community. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm lucky that way that, that I've met a lot of celebrities. You know what I mean? And uh, some are nice and some aren't. And, uh, <laughs> you know. You know, it's Hollywood. You know, it's it's fun growing up in Hollywood. I'll tell you. You know, it's fun fun in this Maple Leaf town. Yeah. Well, that's what I've heard from others. I don't know. I do have a few friends in L.A. who 
are sort of in the business, but behind the scenes. I have a friend who's a casting director and a friend who, I'm not sure what she does, but she interviews um, for some outlet or another. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, from what I hear, it is a fascinating place to visit. I've never been there myself yet. I, I would like to, though, one of these days. Oh, yeah, it's 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 great. I want to say, too, that a lot of my heroes in Star Trek are the guys who design the ships, guys like Rick Sternbach or John Eves or Andy Probart, you know, or, you know, the great, you know, Matt Jeffries, yeah. you know, uh, I, I'm good. I'm friends with John Eves and uh, I'm friends with Rick Sternbach, too, on Facebook. But I talked to John Eves quite a bit and uh, uh, he designed he redesigned. He had to redesign uh, Pike's, you know, Enterprise. Pike's Enterprise, by the way, is a little bit different than Kirk's Enterprise. Um, there's spires on, on their breastards and, you know, those, those balls in front, you know, the nacelles and, you know, the dome's a little bit different, but what he did is he said, I really wanted to honor your dad's ship, but it's 2018 and we can't have a 1964 ship coming in there. So he just tweeted a little bit to match, uh, match discovery. And, uh, I really, I love it. I think it looks great. And I love guys who do that. I Like I said, I'm a model builder. And, uh, you know, James Cameron, for example, started out as a model builder, you know. And uh, I, those are my real heroes. Not actors, the, the guys who, behind the scenes, who do all the tweaking of the ships and stuff like right, that. Right, right. I know what you're talking about. I, my, my older brother uh, was a model builder. I'm all thumbs. I try and end up with uh, uh, fingerprints all over the thing. Yeah, things right, aren't exactly. quite in the right angle, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it just takes patience. It just you just gotta want. It's something you want to do, you know. And it's real frustrating, but uh, it just takes a lot of patience. I'll do one thing, like in one day, I'll do one little part, you know, and I'm happy, you know, that I did that. You know? I'm gonna wind this down. Um, I okay. will give you. Have you listened to any of the episodes that I have here on this broadcast yet? Uh, no, not yet, but I plan on it. Okay. I hope to become a big fan. So. Then I will give you the Star Trek Trivia Challenge. Sure. I don't know if I can answer oh, it. Oh, you can't. This okay. is just silly more than anything else. Here you go. Question one. Before being cast as Dr. Beverly Crusher on Star Trek's Next Generation, Gates McFadden was a well-known Hollywood choreographer who worked frequently with Jim Henson and the Muppets. Among her credits was the choreography for the 1986 Fante musical Labyrinth. What pop culture musical icon known as Starman was the star of Labyrinth? David Bowie. That's correct. That's one. Uh, I should mention there was five questions. If you get is this a Star Trek? Okay, go ahead. If you get all five right, there's a six bonus question. Oh boy, do I win prizes? Wonderful you win prizes the chance to impress your friends and embarrass your oh, children. Oh, fabulous. Okay. Oh, there you go. Question two. Um, Bernie Casey appeared in the two-part Deep Space Nine episode, The Maquis, as Lieutenant Commander uh -huh. Cal Hudson. Earlier in his career, he'd co-starred in the 1976 sci-fi film, The Man Who Fell to Earth. What pop culture media, musical icon known as a star man was the star of The Man Who Fell to Earth? Uh, David Bowie? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me laugh. All right. Question three. Ethiopian, <laughs> yeah. Ethiopian model-turned-actress Iman appeared in the 1991 Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, as the Kamaloid Martia. 
What pop culture and musical <laughs> icon known as Starman was Iman married to? It wouldn't be David Bowie. It was it? David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. Ig- yeah. <laughs> Iggy Pop appeared in the Deep Space Nine episode The Magnificent <laughs> Frankie as the Vorte Yelgren. Before in back- embarking on an acting career, Iggy was a well-known musician who collaborated on 11 different albums in the 70s and 80s with what pop culture musical icon known as a star man? David Absolutely. Bowie? <laughs> My friends were in Tim Machine. The guys, two guys, Hunt and Tony oh, Sales. Yeah. They, uh, I grew up with them. I went to school. I went to fourth grade with them, those guys. And and Soupy Sales' son, mm. and they were David Bowie's uh, band. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I want to hear more about... <laughs> a little, little trivia. I want to hear more about Soupy Sales. You can't... Oh, I went over to his house. Yeah. He was amazing. He was great. Uh, I actually got to go over to Soupy Sales' house and hang out with Soupy Sales. Come on. That, that was, for a kid, those days in the 60s, that was it, man. That I went to freaking heaven. Listeners under 30, be sure to consult your your uh, Google and Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, for Soupy Sales. <laughs> oh, that's uh, sad. Yeah. Kids were robbed. They don't have anybody like Soupy anymore. Man, I wish anyway, they did. I do, too. Uh, question five. The Oscar and Emmy Award winning actor, singer, songwriter, musician Paul Williams appeared in the Voyager episode Virtuoso as the Komar Koru. Among his many compositions was a song titled Fill Your Heart. What pop culture musical icon known as a star man recorded a version of Fill Your Heart for his 1971 album Hunky Dory? Oh, I know this. I know this. I know this. I know this. No, wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me. David Bowen. It's <laughs> right. I'm kind of obsessive. Damn it, Final question for all the marbles, double or nothing. What pop culture musical icon known as the Starman never actually appeared in Star Trek himself, but probably should have? David Bowie. No, the answer we're looking for is Paul Stanley, the Starman of Kiss. Oh, Starman. No, I... Oh, it no, is? Oh. No, the judges tell me that they will accept David Bowie. So congratulations. Oh, good. Good. Do I win prizes? Uh, I don't <laughs> I want, a, I want a green Orion slave woman. Oh, well, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, I never met her, by the way. I never met uh, Susan Oliver, which is sad. It but, is. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> anywho, I'm not sure where else to go except to say thank you so much for having Sure, it was fun. It was fun. And, yeah, get back to me. I'm going to take lots of pics with the Discovery crew and just tell them how great they are and, and uh, answer Matt how cool he is and you know, uh, you know, fluff them up, and uh, uh, that'll be fun. Fun tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll also, uh, Doug Jones is going to be there. He's amazing. Yes. Yes. You know, he's 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 an amazing. I don't know how he does it with all that makeup, but he does. Yes, I would like to meet him. He was here in town, in Kansas City, last year at a convention, but I couldn't make it because I was at another convention out cross town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm going to get to them, and so get back to them. I'll take lots of Okay. Pictures. Okay. So thanks go out to our guest, sure. Chris Hunter, as well as to Adam Mullen, who composed our theme and who helped me figure out how to put a podcast together. Okay, LLAP. <laughs> Adam co-hosts, along with Bill Allen, a podcast on the Trickster Network titled The Final Frontier, which focuses on fan film productions and other fan productions. Thank you so much, Chris. Sure. Take care. It was fun. All right, bye. bye-bye. Thank you. Oh, wait, how can I see? How can I hear this? Um, my, my, my girlfriend wanted Okay, to let me finish this real quick. 
Thanks will also go to James Ham in charge of Star uh, Trek Sphere, who's going to put this up. This is uh, the Omega Directive is also available at iTunes. So if you like what you've heard, subscribe, give us a positive rating, leave a positive review. If you'd like to contact me with any comments, questions, or concerns, the Omega Directive is available on Facebook, and I'm available at, on Twitter as at AtWellSteve. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in. Don't take any wooden quatloos. So uh, I will post it, a, a link to it through podcast.com on the Facebook page for the Omega Directive, and it's available at iTunes. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Thanks so much. So um, I say, I say, you can find it that uh, it'll be on iTunes this weekend, and I will post a link on the Facebook page for the Omega Directive. Okay, great, wonderful. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.